This episode of A Little Juju Podcast is sponsored in part by Soulful Vibes. New season, new vibes. This season, we're focusing on our intentions and bringing our innermost desires into reality. But it's not always easy because real life comes in fast. But all is not lost. Join the Vibe Tribe by Soulful Vibes. The Vibe Tribe is an all-exclusive membership group that offers masterclasses, tips, and resources to strengthen you on your spiritual journey. And as a member of the Vibe Tribe, you'll gain access to masterclasses, group card readings, book clubs, and receive early access to sales and product releases. They even host virtual parties and live Q&A sessions. It's literally a vibe, y'all. And there are four different membership opportunities to join this community, so there's something for everyone. Membership fees range from $3 to $22. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Soulful Vibes Co. and begin your journey of creating life filled with soulful vibes. Do you have a fro that just won't grow or hair that's dull and lifeless and you're ready to just give up? Nope. Let Resilient by Devo come to rescue and bless your ori. We offer the Time to Heal Hair Growth Oil for all your trouble areas, mint-infused deep conditioners to stimulate the hair restoration and growth, and revitalizing leave-in conditioners that add shine and bounce to your crown. All products are handmade with 100% natural ingredients, no silicone, parabens, or mineral oils. Just go to www.resiliencebydvo.com for all your hair growth needs. And we also offer tarot and playing card readings to assist you on your spiritual journey. Visit again www.resiliencebydevo to schedule your appointment now. All you need is a little juju. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a little juju podcast. This is the podcast all about black as spirituality, honoring our ancestors and ourselves, decolonizing our spiritual practices one episode at a time, and learning and discovering and uncovering various traditions of the African diaspora and traditional African religion because these traditions are liberatory and liberation starts in the spirit, in the spirit realm, as above, so below. My name is Juju Bay, and I come to this show as your host, and also a psychic medium, a conjurer, a hoodoo, a, a Orisha devotee, a, a pete bish, day gang gang, um, a Reiki practitioner, and an all-around bad bitch witch. And welcome to another episode. We're here. As you can tell, hopefully by my voice, I'm feeling pretty good today. Um, I feel like I'm back, like I'm back in podcast mode. I'm back feeling popping. I'm back feeling confident. Because y'all know if you've been listening, I've been in a little rut. So I am back feeling very grounded. Um, So before we drop the intro, I want to dedicate this uh, moment in this portion of the show to Nikita Slade, who, if you listened to last week's episode with Money from Queer Walk Pod, Nikita is the co-host of Queer Walk Pod. And Nikita passed away um, last week, so... Definitely a big loss for, excuse me, a big loss for 
the podcasting community, a big loss for the organizer community, and everyone that Nikita knew and loved. So I'm sending extra love and energy and upliftment to all of Nikita's family and friends. I never met Nikita um, in person, but... um, you know, felt and spoke very fondly of her. You know, y'all have probably heard on the podcast when I talk about Queer Walk. Um, and so we knew each other from podcasting world. We knew each other because of um, the Baddie Brigade, which is all of the amazing podcasts I shot out at different times. Queer Walk, um, Tea with Queen and Jay, Inner Hole Uprising, Marsha's Plate, Bag Ladies. Hope I'm not forgetting one. Um, but those group of folks, particularly who are who host those podcasts, have been very welcoming to me. Um, I reach out to different folks uh, in, in those podcasts at different times uh, for support, for help, for like, hey, how do you do this? What do you think about this? Um, and so I know... That, and Nikita was a part of that. So I'm very grateful to have met Nikita. I'm very grateful to um, Queer Walk Pod as an as a podcast. Um, it's one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to. Um, and so Nikita will be deeply missed. I'm, I'm just so... I am glad that um, she gave herself to us through the podcast and that we have um, like a loving archive of, of who she was and all that she brought us and taught us, like hella brilliant, hella smart. So sending just extra love to Nikita's loved ones, extra love to my boo money um, from Queer Walk and um, to everyone who knew her. I also want to send love to the family and friends of Mistress Velvet um, in Chicago, who was a very, very um, popular and amazing and bad um, dominatrix in the Chicago community. I didn't know... Miss V personally, but we would always be at the same parties. You know, we had a lot of mutual friends, um, had a lot of friends who were doms and in the sex work community. So like we crossed paths a lot. Uh, so I knew that she was always somebody that, or they were always someone that I saw that was super popping, super like, um, just like dang, this person is so bad. Like, dang, like what an energy, what a force. And so sending love to uh, my my Chicago friends, my Chicago loves um, who are grieving and mourning um, Miss V's passing. Um, death is so sobering, you know? It, it's it's hard sometimes when, you, when people your own age or people that you've been in community with or you see regularly or interact with regularly go. Um, and regardless of me being a spirit worker, regardless of me, having the technology to still commune with the transition, with the dead, with the ancestors. Um, it still hurts. Like it's still, it's still possible to fill the void. And so I've been feeling that void this past week, but definitely sending love, light, and upliftment to their spirits and grateful for the mark that they put on this earth and making it a better earth because they were here. Um, I still are here. So (sighs) sending so much love and be sure that you are loving on your folks extra hard, hugging them extra tight as always. And, um, yeah. Okay. So let's get into the show. Drop the intro. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is all you need. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju, a little juju, a little juju, 
A little juju is the way. It's how I start my day. Camfer, no say. And I'll never get played. I'll take your photo to the grave. But that ain't even my thing. I just stay at the crossroads, pray. I just pour a little honey from my face to make a stay. Cause I hate when bay leaves, but that manifest a little with my bay leaves. I'm my ancestors, baby. So I give them everything that they gave me, yeah. So I can't be stopped. Manifested everything gives me props. I'm spiritually rounded while I'm on the top. My spirit's surrounded, so I'll never drop, drop. No, y'all will be excited because we have a solo episode today and y'all be like, <laughs> y'all feedback is so funny. Like, we want to hear just you. But listen, no, we're going to hear from guests sometimes, okay? Because I we need to pull from other sources and other knowledgeable elders and practitioners. But yes, you can, you will just be hearing my black ass voice today. So um, before we get into the show, show yeah, we're going to be doing our regular segments, uh, healing, heal yourself, juju for the culture, and my main topic today, which will be about spirit work and the legacy of spirit work through activism. But I, you know, I always want to start off with a little, you know, what I've been learning and thinking about and my most recent lessons. So my most recent lesson for the past couple weeks has really been, I don't know how to enjoy things. Like, I don't know how to enjoy things. When things go right in my life, when I'm happy, like, I don't really know how to be happy. And that is honestly the root, I think, and ain't no therapist help me get here, y'all, because I ain't been in therapy. I just scheduled a, another appointment for this upcoming week because baby needed. But I came to this conclusion on my by myself. I don't even think I was high. No, I was high. I was high. I was high. Um, but anyway, I don't know how to be happy. <laughs> and it's troublesome. And when you don't know how to be happy or you don't, when you don't know how to lean into your blessings or the things in your life that are going right, everything is a catastrophe. Everything is um, not really to be enjoyed. You pray for things. You want for things. You ask for things. You get the thing. And it doesn't do anything, right? So I've really been trying to work on like enjoying my blessings and being grateful and showing gratitude. And I, I want to talk to my therapist about this because it's um it's unfor like it's unfortunate. My ancestors kind of got in my ass yesterday because I was at the altar and I pulled all these cards that were basically like, "Yeah, girl, you need to be grateful. Like you have the things coming into your life that you have asked for." And you're still so sad. And you're so sad because you don't you haven't enjoyed the things that you asked for. And it's true. So I have to learn and heal and also know I need to do some more inner child work. What is it that makes me afraid to have fun, to be happy, to enjoy my blessings? Because I always think, well, I'm happy right now, but I probably won't be happy in like an hour because something bad always happens or, you know, 
yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this thing, but there's all these terrible things that are always going on in the world. So should I even truly be happy or why do I even deserve this thing? There's so many people around me who maybe have been doing X, Y, Z longer or, or not. So this is all about my worthiness. It's at the core of it. It is a worthiness issue. Am I worthy enough to enjoy things? Am I worthy enough to have this thing? Am I worthy enough to even experience happiness? So even though I still feel unworthy a lot and deal with that, I'm so grateful to know like that is what is at the core of why I be feeling so bad a lot. It's because I don't know I'm worthy and I don't know how to enjoy good things without anticipating them to go wrong um, or it being wrong that I have joy or a taste of joy or an opportunity for joy. Um, so I'm very excited to bring that to my therapist and work through that, probably work through some stuff that's happened when I was young that I've internalized that won't allow me to, you know, enjoy fully and fully enjoy things. So yeah, that's the lesson. Uh, I don't know if any of y'all have felt that, uh, I, I was talking to some of my patrons. We had a little patron check-in last week, a hoodoo hottie check-in and I, I brought that up and some folks on a call were like, yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah, I've been asking for things and getting them and I don't even know how to really have it now that I have it. So uh, remember that, you know, we're doing this really powerful work. And a lot of times, and I've told y'all, I've prayed and I know many of you prayed to to get the blessings that your ancestors weren't able to have. You know, to have the strength and the power that you need and do the healing that you need for yourself and for your lineage. And so as you're doing the healing, things are going to open. It's Doors are going to open for you. So don't miss what you've been asking for, what you've been needing, what you've been lighting candles for. Because you feel unworthy that you're the one to carry this this load. I think if if we are going to carry some of this load and decolonizing decolonizing period, but specifically like our spiritual selves, then we have to get to the root of that unworthiness. We have to get to the root of now why why we feel like we can't while we are. You know what I mean? Like we are doing a thing right now. We are. It might not feel like it don't, you know, we don't we don't measure this by by accolades or or followers, we measure this about how we've been feeling, the conversations that we've been able to have with, with our families or with ourselves, the unlearning that we're experiencing. That is the work. That's how we measure it. Things coming up to the surface that you ignored. That's uncomfortable, but it's good. So if you have been experiencing different phases of that, even losing friendships, like, that didn't need to be there, that weren't really friendships. All that stuff falling away is good, right? That means you're doing something right, even though it's uncomfortable. So if we're doing things right, 
and as we're doing things right, we have those moments of like, ah, this is so good. Like, yes, I had that conversation. Yes, I had this realization. But then we always have to make it doom and gloom. So I, I think the lesson for me is about reframing. Reframing. We got to reframe. Um, I ain't mean to preach. That's just, you know, what I've been thinking about, what I've been going through. Also, shout out to um, Tam, Ia Oshundara, my friend, the spiritual bath lady, who also we did an interview with. Okay, it was very good. Go on YouTube and watch it. But I got a reading by her recently, a tarot reading. Don't ask her to do no tarot reading. She's not doing them. She did it because I'm her friend. <laughs> She's doing shadow readings, I think. Don't quote me. I'll put her information in the show notes. But... Uh, she she brought some of this up to me about reframing. And so since I've talked to her, I've been trying to reframe everything, everything that feels bad. I'm like, how can I reframe this to not be so horrible? <laughs> and it's helping. It's helping. So I hope that reflection helps you because, yeah. But as you as I said before, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling good. And yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, let's get let's get into it. I'm gonna shout out my wonderful patrons and and talk to y'all about how to donate to keep this podcast going. And uh, yeah, all you need is a little juju. So a little juju podcast is a free podcast for the public, but it is not free for me. It is a labor of love, um, but it does cost. There's website costs. Cost to stream on SoundCloud Pro. There's cost for the mic and everything else. And also just, you know, paying black people, pay black women. So if you feel like this podcast has helped you on your journey, um, it has provided some assistance in your life, you've learned some things, you've been able to increase your life or it's fed you in some way, I ask that you donate to the show. There's a lot of different ways to donate that can be monetary or non-monetary. I'm going to talk about the non-monetary ways first. The first way is through Patreon. Patreon is a subscription-based site where you can donate as little or as much as you want uh, based on your coins and the tiers that I've laid out as some suggestions. And based on what you donate, you also get some additional content. So I do articles. I put articles up there. And so if you're interested in Patreon, go on to patreon.com slash J-U-J-U-B-A-E to become a patron and show your support to the show and get some other content as well. I want to shout out my newest patrons who I'm so grateful for as always. My newest patrons. <laughs> shout out to brent neil brent Sabega. thank you so much for becoming a patron shout out to raven mitchell shout out to jeffrey for editing your pledge and still remaining a patron shout out to sable thank you so much sable shout out to kaja for becoming a patron i love that name big shout out to aaron Milliner, and I love how you spelled your name, Erin. Shout out to Kayla, Kayla Mitchell. Thank you for becoming a patron. Shout out to Monica Smith. Shout out to Witchy K. Shout out to Nadia. Uh, shout out to Bobby underscore loves cookies. CM. I love cookies too, Bobby. Thank you so much for being a patron. Shout out to Marcelite. Uh, is it Fela? I just had a conversation with, with Marcelette. So thank you so much for becoming a patron as well. Shout out to Jasmine S, Sonia Odom, Angela M. Smith McKinnon, and Brielle Marie, Jamila, 
Sensei Ashe for upping your pledge. I appreciate you so much. Shout out to Nicolette for upping your pledge. And that is all my patrons. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much to everyone who is giving to the juju funds. Okay, putting your money in the collection plate. Um, as my friend LaVon says, investing in me. Thank you for investing in me. Thank you for investing in this work. And to the podcast, I'm sending you all that good juju, all that money juju, all that resource juju back to you as you send it to me, tenfold, a hundredfold, a thousandfold. I speak and say a prayer that you have all the resources that you need to start your podcast, to do whatever it is that you want to offer to us, to the community. I pray that you have everything in place so that you're able to do that. So amen. Ashe. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much to my patrons. I love y'all always. All you need is a little juju. Okay. So this is the segment called Heal Yourself. Uh, which is the segment on juju-related tips and tricks to help ourselves heal. Now, can y'all please, please write me? Don't, I mean, if you want to tweet me, I guess. But if you can, can you, like, send me an email or something? Maybe a DM, I don't know, about some new segments. I need some new segments. Not that, I know y'all like these. I've heard positive feedback around the segments, but... If there's anything else that sounds interesting that you want me to speak of, like, oh, you should do a segment about blah, blah, blah. That would be so interesting. Please tell me. Like, <laughs> we still, heal Yourself is cool and everything. Juju for the Culture is great. But, you know, this podcast has been going on for two years and I'm pretty sure I've been doing the same type of, and it's around the time people will change it up. To, I don't know. I don't be feeling like a podcast. I feel like a bitch with a mic who likes to run her mouth and I... Share it with the world. But anyway, let's get into Heal Yourself. Juju related tips and tricks to help ourselves heal. So today's Heal Yourself was inspired by um, the Hoodoo Hottie check-in that I had with my patrons, the Juju Bay tier, as well as the Bad Bitch Witch tier. And someone asked a question about using oils, like spiritual oils, juju oils, conjure oils, how to use them. And I thought that that was such a good question because y'all know I've talked about so many different people who smell spiritual oils. I'm not about to run down a list because I always feel like I forget. But um, there's a lot of people who spell, sell juju oils. Most of the people who I've interviewed on this podcast or talked about or tagged <laughs> on Instagram are people that I trust to buy oils from. So just go through the Rolodex. But I want to talk about how to use them. So there's different kinds of oils. And if you're unfamiliar, people make juju oils, right? There's there's oils that have different uh, qualities about them so that you may want an oil for love to attract a lover. There's an oil that makes you look glamorous to people. There's an oil to bring in money. There's an oil for protection. There are oils for good luck. There are there's so many different conjure oils specifically. And so how do you use them? Like what are, what are they for? Um, so, you know. I just want to talk about a couple of ways to do that. So for oils, you can put your oils just in your hands. If you bought a money oil, for example, why not put some money, uh, money oil in your hands before you leave out or before you're on your way to work? Or if you're about to type up a grant proposal, putting money oil on your hands so that you're typing out whatever you're typing out has the juju of wealth on it so that you get that grant. Um, if you have an oil for protection, you can put it on a candle 
Well, you put all these oils on a candle, right? So if you're doing active candle work, you can massage the oil into the candle while you're praying um, and then light the candle. So then your candle is, is, is what we like to call um, fixed. So you're fixing your candle with those oils and maybe some other herbs that are relevant to what you're trying to accomplish and you're praying. Um, you could use a protection oil. You could put it in the four corners of your room. You could put it around the four corners of your house to create a protective barrier from where you live. You could use a glamour oil. Why not put that in your, your lotion? Put a couple drops in, in the container of your lotion and your shea butter and your oils. I know when I was making my bless up oil, people were putting that in their hair. They were either mixing it with their hair oil when they um, were oiling like their scalp or they were using it separately in their hair uh, because that oil brought a particular kind of blessings um, as well as wealth and money. So money on your mind. Why not put some money on your hair? You know, there's so many different ways. So don't overthink what you might be doing, what you can do. Wherever you can put, I was saying on, on the call, wherever you put some type of liquid or whatever, you can anoint anything as long as it's safe. Like I'm not going to say eat the oils. Maybe you shouldn't be doing that, but you know, use them as you think you should use them. Anoint your wallet with money oil. Old school hoodoos use um, oil lamps, not just candles. Candles are easier, I think, for us to use now, but I've talked about oil lamps <laughs> at nauseam. Is that what people say? In the past, in the past. So you could be doing an oil lamp working and drop some of your favorite oil into that lamp working. Uh, you can just pray with the oil. You can wipe down items that you come in contact with. Again, I said lotions, butters. You can put oil on your ancestor altar. Sometimes I put protection oil around my ancestor altar just so that it is protected from some other spirits who don't need to be there because it is just for my ancestors. Um, Put it around your home. If you are creating a mojo bag or some type of talisman, you can anoint your talisman with that oil, depending on what you're trying to do. Like the options for the oils are endless. So um, I feel like I've talked about oil so much, but I never really said like what exactly you can do with them. And I hope that that helped. I'm trying to think if I forgot anything else or I can remember anything else. Did I say baths? You could put some... Um, a couple drops of your oil in your bath uh, while you're while you're cleansing yourself and your body wash, right? You could oil yourself after your shower with some of them. Like really, y'all, <laughs> you can do anything with the juju oil. If you got you some good van van, you got some fiery wall, you got some money oil, whatever it is, use it for what you need. Put it on anything that you can think of. I mean, you know, don't overdo it. Well, or overdo it, you know. Maybe I could, if I wanted to, I just thought about this, a particular kind of glamour oil or even a van van, I could maybe anoint my mic, my podcast mic with just a little bit of it so that I'm jujuing the, this episode, that I'm jujuing my words that they're coming out and it hits the right people's ears and some opportunities spring from that. Like get deep, get creative. I might have to fucking do that. That's a good idea. Um, so get creative, anoint your phone with some money oil so that you get a text about some money, <laughs> you know, anoint your drawers before you're going to see somebody that you want to have sex with or when you're with your lover that, I don't know, it gives, it ignites it. It brings some 
fire to it, some glam oil, some sensual oil, some siren oil, like get into it. So yes, that is heal yourself. Use your oils how you want to. Um, just look up. There's so many different people. Y'all know Maisha, Satara, um, uh, Black Sea Siren, Lauren, Davy, um, John. They all sell oils. I'll link their pages. Actually, I don't know if I'm going to link their pages because y'all going to be mad. Like, they're always sold out. Those are people always are. Well, I ain't got nothing to do with when they, <laughs> when, when they drop. I ain't got nothing to do with that. I'm just telling y'all, these are some oils that I know of that have very high ratings. So, that is your heal yourself today. Get creative. Or, or honestly, make your own damn oils. You can make your own damn oils. Okay. I'm not about to get into how to make your oils, but if you have the ingredients, if you do some research, you can find out ways and some ingredients to make oil. Anoint with your own shit. <laughs> Anoint with your own juju too. That is a possibility. I know we love to patron people who who whose shit we know works. Um, because I like to do that. But you also can, if you want and are interested, in in making your own. Um, get get creative. Get you a little carrier oil. Figure out what oil you want to be the base, and try some things out. See how it works. Maybe give it to some friends. See how it works. We guess. We are putting Juju oil on everything all 2021 and beyond. Okay, so that is your heal yourself tip for today. All you need is a little juju. So let's get into our next segment, which is Juju for the Culture, where I, Juju, comments on pop culture teas because I love it and I just need a portion of the show where I can talk about what is going on in the world with, you know, a little with a juju lens. Uh so a few of y'all, and thank you for those of you who sent me this. Um, I've talked about Kodo, Kodo. <laughs> I've talked about Kodak Black. If you don't know who is a uh, Florida rapper, well, I mean he's a rapper, but he's from Florida. He's Haitian. I've talked about him on this podcast. I think more than I've ever anticipated or wanted to. Like I'm not necessarily a Kodak Black fan, but he's just an interesting person to talk about and just witness. He's been in jail hella times. Always gets out. So my commentary in the past has always been like, this nigga's never going to be down bad too long because he has some very strong spirits about him. I first started talking about Kodak Black probably at this point now, at the very beginning of the podcast, like two years ago, because I went to a, a Cardi B concert and Kodak Black was also there. I didn't go for Kodak, but Kodak also performed. And when I was there, this man's spirits were so loud and just like, present and I was just looking at his dead uh, but I find that I say this all the time Haitian people's spirits be they be different <laughs> they, they just be different so a few of you all sent me a post of Kodak Black's new album cover or I think it's the cover which comes out May 14th actually comes out today it is May 14th and the album is called Haitian Boy Kodak and on the cover He's dressed in like this all red outfit. He got his little Miami, the Miami dreads. Y'all know they be having like four and they be real thick. He got that. And there's a there's like veves around candles. Like it looks like it's supposed to be voodoo, like a voodoo scene. Um, there's a cross with Jesus on it. You know, there's a, there's a red silk. There's a table with like a red silk on it and some type of some gold canister like it is set up to and there's flags on the there's flags around it or different 
Yeah, it looks like flags. Um, it's very clearly supposed to be like ceremonial. When you see this, people are going to think, oh, this is some voodoo shit. <laughs> you know, people who don't know nothing. It, it gives it gives that. It gives that. Um, and he is Haitian, so it makes sense. But a lot of y'all sent me this and was like, now look at Kodak. You always say, you know, he practices. You always say he got strong spirits. Yeah, I know he practiced. And I don't, I mean, I'm looking at the cover now. I feel like somebody who maybe knew something actually set this up because it it fully gives like, yeah. <laughs> It fully gives, uh, we know he, he practices. I actually came across a picture today of Kodak Black with, uh, he was smiling and he was holding a, a rooster or a chicken. And for those who don't know, I don't know how you know, but you know that sacrifice and sacrificing of roosters in particular and chickens are very common in a lot of African traditional religions. Uh, we sacrifice for our prosperity we sacrifice to get out of tough situations we sacrifice for our destiny and so as much problems as Kodak been in I know he got a nigga somewhere uh sacrificing some chickens for his ass because the way he keeps getting out of prison jail pardoned by Trump like he just will never be down bad too long and now he didn't come out with Haitian boy Kodak I'm so I wouldn't be surprised if he was in a reading and his his mambo or, or whoever was like, um, you need to, you know, give us some more. Like, you need to make sure that you are giving the praise words due, honey. You got the spirits. You got the juju on you. So his his album cover is jujued out. Um, you know, I don't feel no type of way about it. I don't also don't practice voodoo. So I would be very curious about how Haitian folks feel about it, how people who are in the tradition of voodoo feel about it. The veve, which are which are symbols, by the way, I don't think I said that. Um, and the symbols represent, they have different meanings based on what the symbol is. Uh, sigil, sigils, they're sigils. I don't know what this particular sigil means that is on the album cover because it's right over his head. I'm sure it does have a meaning. So if anyone does know who's in the practice, I would love to hear your thoughts about it. I don't want to speak too much on it because I'm not, I don't practice voodoo, but I do think that, again, it's interesting that all these celebrities, I always, I've been saying this and been calling it out, are really being upfront and open with their practices that are not Abrahamic, you know, that are not, I mean, it wouldn't be, it's not special if someone said, praise Jesus, you know, or thank God, you know, but when people are like putting veves on the album cover and making voodoo sets and showing that they're very much in the juju tradition rappers, I just think it's a very interesting moment in time to be a part of and to witness. So you know, those are my thoughts on Kodak Black's album, Haitian Boy Kodak. That is very much what he's giving. So <laughs> very, very interesting. Um, the next thing in pop culture that I want to talk about, and I think it was Brent, one of my listeners who wanted me to talk about this. And at this point, it's been probably about a month, but for those who don't know, Lil Nas X, who is also a rapper, performer, entertainer, 
I know everyone knows, I got some horses in the back. Okay, that's Lil Nas X, if you didn't know. And about a month ago at this point, he came out with a shoe that everyone's been calling the Satan shoe. Uh, basically, Lil Nas X... Oh, sorry. Just shout out to Brent for speaking. I'm speaking on this because Brent asked me to speak on this and wanted to know my thoughts. And I hadn't had a chance to, to talk about it, so I will now. He came out with a shoe that people have been calling the Satan shoe as a way to promote his new song that was... I think it was called Montero. And um, so the shoe came out. It caused a lot of controversy. The nigga got sued by Nike. They basically took a Nike shoe. I think it was the Amex. I think it was the 97s because I got a pair of them and I love those shoes. But they basically took a pair of Air Maxes. They were black um, and they just, they satan them up. Like they put the, um, they put a red sole on it. They're black on the top of the shoe. It has this, um, it looks like the sigil of Baphomet. It's really just a pentagram. So for those who don't know, like the circle with the star, um, the five pointed star, which people often say is like a demonic symbol, um, probably because it is, it is a symbol of the sigil of Baphomet, which is, which is, I believe the Satan, the church of Satan uses as their, um, that's their sign. That's their that's their symbol. Like the Catholic Church, you know, has the cross, like the this this pentagram with the circle and Baphomet's face is the Church of Satan's like symbol. So people often associate that a star in a circle with being demonic and evil and of Satan. Uh, so that was on the shoe. It was like a, a brass color on top. And in the red sole of the shoe. Allegedly, there was human blood in it. Now, it didn't say the, and it was like a liquid soul. So, I don't think the whole soul of the shoe was fully blood, but it was red and there was blood in it. It was probably mixed with some other kind of liquid. Um, and they made, it was an exclusive edition. They created 666. So, we have the quote unquote demonic number 666 shoes. And people bought them. I think they were like $1,000 a pop, baby. And whatever came in. And a lot of people thought because it was a Nike shoe, people thought it was about Nike or Nike put it out. But basically Nike was like, "Uh uh-uh now y'all messing. We ain't put that shoe out. This nigga Boston 97s and him and this company revamped the shoe to call it a Satan shoe and sold it for $1,000. So I think they, the shoes got recalled. It it was a whole thing, but it's settled now. Anyway, um, oh, I also want to say on the shoe, it had the Bible verse Luke 10, 18 written on the side in white writing. And so Luke 10, 18, I think this is important for me to say, um, the Bible verse is, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. That is from the New International Version. From the King James Version, it says, and he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven heaven. So, you know, don't quote me because I'm not a good Christian anymore, but I believe that's a story of how Satan fell from heaven and went to hell. Cause you know, Satan used to be, you know, God's like main nigga, like a good angel and stuff. And Satan was fine and everything, but then he started acting up. And so God put his ass in hell. I believe that that is the verse that that's referring to. And I know that in a part of Lil Nas X's video he's actually like going down a stripper pole from heaven to hell (laughs) 
anyway, so that's that's the shoe. And when I first heard about it, I thought that shit was funny. Like, I just, it's so interesting what people decide to be up in arms about. And, you know, spirituality and people's religion is so serious. And I'm not saying it shouldn't be or should be. I'm just commenting on, like, it is it is religious doctrine and belief that really guides people's what they like, what they don't like, what they're going to protest about, what they're not, what they're going to be up in arms about. A lot of it is rooted in faith, which is why I love talking about this shit, because religion is such an important part of our lives, whether we identify as religious people or not. So you can't make a shoe in today's time and put a Bible verse on it and put a five star on it and say it's human blood and a soul and not have this whole big controversy to the point that it was only 666 shoes made to the point that Nike then is counter suing. Nike's a billion dollar organization and they sued because that's not, what does it mean to be associated with something that is so, you know, what's the word? Um, quote unquote demonic, right? Like you're a billion dollar company and we don't want to be associated with these 666 shoes. I mean, granted it's probably like illegal to like, I was like, how did they even do that? That gives illegal. But do you think that Nike would have sued if Lil Nas X collaborated with another brand and they made the shoes look like sunflowers? Now they could have because you are altering a Nike shoe, but would we be up in arms about it? No, because anything or anyone that that is um, vocal about not believing in particularly Christianity, there's always going to be some type of side eye. There's always going to be some type of, because, you know, when you're not Christian, a lot of people think the alternative to that means then that you are, you. so you love the devil. Like <laughs> It's like there's Jesus and then there's devil. You can't have both. To a lot of people, particularly in the West, particularly in America, and in a Christian, Christocentric, I feel like that's the word. I feel like I heard someone say Christocentric or something, uh, society. So I think it was a key, honestly. I think it was good marketing. Um, Lil Nas X did not apologize for it. I don't think that he should. The only thing that creeped me out was the human blood being in the shoe, allegedly. That's a little too much because, you know, we hoodoos over here and, you know, blood is a personal concern. So blood is not something to play with. It's not something that I'm just going to be putting. I'm not putting my personal concerns in anything. And blood in particular is a very, is one of the strongest personal concerns. So personal concern, if you don't know, is like an essence of a person. So a personal concern can range from a piece of hair to a fingernail clipping to blood, right? And, or yeah. Uh, So blood is one of the strongest ones because it contains our DNA, (laughs) you know, it was literally in our body. So I didn't know how I felt about that. And I was like, well, where did they get the blood from? Like, I have issues. Where did this blood come from? Like, what? But then I read that the blood actually just came from the people who worked um, on putting that shoe together or whoever. I think the brand is called Mischief, who Lil Nas X collaborated with. So it was blood of, like, people at Mischief. They probably, like, pricked their finger and, like, put a drop in the thing. I read it was, like, six people who worked there you know, quote unquote, sacrificed, gave their blood for the shoe. So it wasn't that much. 
But I'm like, y'all not just spreading y'all personal concerns for people to walk all over. Hmm. Now, a good hoodoo wouldn't have gave their blood for a shoe. You, someone's going to be wearing that shoe, walking around God knows where, feeding dirt, don't know where they're going with that shoe. You don't know what type of person that is. They're interacting with your one of the strongest personal concerns, i.e. blood, and now your blood is being dragged on the ground. <laughs> but, you know, everybody ain't hoodoo, so everybody ain't know that or believe that. But I would never. But outside of that, I mean... I think this, I love people who are loudly in opposition to the norms. And even though it's still shocking and it's, oh, and you know, you can't really say Satan without people clutching their pearls. Like, but I think that this conversation is important. You know, what, why do we, why do we clutch our pearls when something is not of God, or quote unquote, we think is not of God, right? All you need is a little juju. Um, of Christian God, of Jesus. Because if you actually do any research, you know, the church of Satan really doesn't view Satan as many of us have been taught what Satan is. Um, it's actually just a group of people who are interested, the meaning of Satan the root of it is to, I think it's to be antagonistic. So to, so these are people who are antagonistic and questioning the norm of what they've been taught about religion, about God, about who is right, about who is wrong, about good and evil. That is what the church of Satan does. Like, if you look that up, people don't want to look that up because that's still a realm that people are afraid of. So I love that Lil Nas, Lil Nas X's cute little young ass really got me thinking and got people thinking um, well, I don't even actually know if he got people thinking, but I love the energy of being antagonistic. I love it. So I, I, I wouldn't buy that damn shoe. First of all, I, I'm not spending a thousand dollars on some, on some Air Max 97s, but my Air Max is cute. I got ones, um, they like all bronze. They real cute. I love those shoes. But, um... Yeah, I wouldn't have bought it. Um, I think having blood in is weird, but like, who cares? There's so much other things going on that like, ugh, people are so rat. People love their faith, honey. And if you do anything else out of that, child, you are damned to hell quicker than quicker than them people prick their finger to tap it on there and put some blood in the shoe. So, <laughs> those are my thoughts. Um, shout out to y'all who wanted me to comment on that. That is my comment. And that's all I have to say in Juju for the Culture today. Hope y'all enjoyed. All you need is a little juju. First up, are y'all vaccinated? My ancestors at first were giving me very, 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 very strong no's about getting vaccinated. And I was like, what? Like, y'all don't want me to get vaccinated? I kept throwing the showers, I was throwing the coins, I was throwing the cards. They were like, do not get vaccinated yet. And I was surprised. So I was out here just being safe and wearing my mask and everything. Um, but then I think. Maybe that was about two and a half, three weeks ago. So I, I've been feeling more recently that I should be getting vaccinated or that it's okay for me to get vaccinated now. Um, and so I, I went to Divine on it and I got yes, 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 yes over and over again. I just love divination, uh, at least for me. It's, it's so consistent and like good. So I don't know why I couldn't get vaccinated before. They didn't want me to. But I also did get really sick in between these two times. I didn't have COVID, but I had a really, really bad cold.
So maybe that was it. I've been wondering why. But no, now they're like, okay, yes, go get vaccinated now. So I am going to get vaxxed. I just got waxed. So I just was curious how y'all have been, you know, managing that and dealing with the whole vaccination thing and what's been going on. Are you still in your COVID cohorts? Uh, Regardless of vaccinations or not, I will still be wearing my mask. Like, I actually love Okay, maybe not love, but I do appreciate mask wearing because um, I like it. <laughs> I love the seductress look. I think it, it, I love kind of hiding sometimes when I'm out or just like, what I really love is talking to myself. I talk to myself a lot. I like to talk to myself out loud. I like to talk to spirits out loud. And so I can do that very comfortably in my uh, my little mask. So I enjoy that. If you got a hood on and your mask, it's just like in some sunglasses, baby. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. I'm chilling. So I really, um, I've, I've learned to appreciate the mask. But regardless, I still will be wearing my vaxxed and waxed or not but that was really random I was just thinking about it and like hmm how are people feeling about vaccinations now because listen I wasn't against it or not I divined though so I I was unsure before my ancestors said kept saying no and I was like I know it is baby and then I felt something different and I divinely said yes it is it's time now baby so there you go all you need is a little juju so I know the episode is getting good, but I have to tell y'all about one of our sponsors, Yoni Love Waist Beads, who is a DMV native who specializes in waist beads for all sizes. Wrapping your core in a tangible affirmation of the intentions that you set for yourself. So whether you simply desire a pretty adornment or you're focusing on something more specific like body appreciation, fertility, chakra balancing, etc. Yoni Love incorporates Reiki healing, crystals, and other natural elements to support your individual self-care needs. So y'all make sure you hit up Yoni Love Waste Bees at Y-O-N-I Love Waste Bees on IG and Facebook or on the website www.theyonilove.com and new adornments are added every hashtag Waste Bees Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All right, y'all hit up Yoni Love and let's get back to the show. All you need is a little juju. Let's get into the main topic today and I wanted to do this topic in honor of Nikita specifically because she was an organizer even though I didn't know Nikita when I was I met Nikita through podcast world not through organizer world which I was also a part of so we actually do have a lot of mutuals who are you know organizers people who do work uh, specifically for for black people's freedom and liberation uh, frontline work uh, Marxism works, socialism, like in that particular space. I I wasn't familiar with Nikita from that space, but I learned later, like, oh yeah, we've we we're you know also movement family. So I felt like it was important to talk about the tradition of spirit work and spirituality in movement, in liberation work, in uh you know, revolution, rebellion. And this isn't something, this isn't my first time talking about things like this, but 
I wanted to kind of bring it all together and have an episode where I just, you know, talk briefly. Because again, I, I've talked about this a lot and I talk about this in my classes. But just the importance of what it can look like for spirit to be in this. Sorry about that, y'all. My, my computer definitely was not on Do Not Disturb. <laughs> So we have the Stono Rebellion that happened in Charleston, South Carolina in September. It started on September 9th, 1739. It was one of the bloodiest slave insurrections of the times, uh, headed by Catholic Congos, Congo folks primarily. And basically they went uh, around in St. Paul's Parish near Charleston and was cutting heads, like beheading white people. Everybody who they came across was was getting it. Um, our ancestors were not playing them. Playing then, uh, they eventually were captured and executed. But there was a lot of death that happened in the Stono Rebellion. And it shifted uh, because they met in churches. It actually... Um, was the catalyst for a law to be made that white folks and, and slave owners and white people had to could carry guns. White men were carrying guns to churches because black people um, and enslaved African people were in church organizing rebellions. Um, and so, yeah, it, it shifted that law. And yeah, the, they say that the, because the revolt began on early Sunday and because the Congo, um, our ancestors who were Congo, who are primarily who were enslaved and a part of this rebellion, um, were Catholic. They're saying that it was done on a Sunday for spiritual and religious reasons. Now, I've read that in different places. I have not read anywhere that says what... Oh, no, I did once. I think I've talked about this before, but I don't remember. And I'm actually not looking at that particular article but I did actually see some reviewed articles I was saying something I think it had to do with mother Mary Jesus's mother you know Jesus's mother Mary is very important in, in the Catholic tradition uh, it's something to do with it was a day for her or something that they decided to do that rebellion we also have examples of uh, Gullah Jack who I've talked about there's a whole episode about Gullah Jack who was a conjure man who helped and was assisting Denmark Vesey in the rising of 1822. Again, another slave um, rebellion in South Carolina. Well, it, it was the rebellion that never happened, but Denmark Vesey was over it, and he sought the, the leadership and the conjuring of Gullah Jack to provide insights into what uh, folks needed to do in order to be safe from that particular uh, rebellion that they were going to be a part in. It was a potentially major slave revolt, but it didn't happen uh, because somebody snitched. I talked about that on the Gullah Jack episode, but Gullah Jack was preparing folks to fight, telling them what they needed to do, telling them what uh, food that they needed to eat, what prayers that they needed to say in order to successfully go about it. But he didn't tell us how to deal with snitches, okay? Yeah, some on the plantation did did snitch. We have um, examples of of Frederick Douglass. We know Frederick Douglass, who was like one of the most popping 
black men to ever exist who was an abolitionist and who talked about what his life was like as a, an enslaved person and talked to a lot of white folk about it. And he was a powerful orator. And we know the story, well, we don't know, I'm about to tell y'all, that he, when he was an enslaved person, had an interaction with a conjure person named Sandy in the woods who gave him high John root, which is a protective root that we use in hoodoo. And even though Frederick Douglass wasn't super familiar with the root and didn't even believe in hoodoo or conjure, he took that on him and was able to actually um, come out unscathed and fight back his his slave master, which was a very, he was a very, very brutal slave master. And Frederick Douglass was able to actually fight back and get away from his slave master. And he attributed some of that to um, him being able to do that because he had that root. He didn't have the strength, the power or courage to be able to fight back until he met with the conjurer Sandy and had the high John root. Um, we have Nat Turner rebellion, a horrid massacre in Virginia, Pium, pium, everybody going to die. That was Nat Turner. Now, Nat Turner was also a pastor. He was a preacher. He had a vision that he was supposed to lead this rebellion. Uh, he had a dream that God told him, that the Spirit told him that he was supposed to lead this, this rebellion. Um, and definitely had niggas shook. Um, Nat Turner's rebellion happened in uh, August of 1831. They killed between 55 and 65 people, and 51 of those people were white. Um, and the rebellion, it lasted for a few days, um, and eventually it was it it died down or ended. And Nat Turner survived in hiding for a couple months after. And that's the story. But it was so much bloodshed. That, you know, Nat Turner's rebellion is is a very popular rebellion rebellion that people are familiar with. But he he was a preacher, right? And he was told to do this by spirit, told him to rebel, told him to leave a rebellion. I'm sorry, lead a rebellion. And he was also seen as a prophet, uh, we have example of beloved mother Harriet Tubman, who was a very strong dreamer that we know, uh, who f- said to have talked to God and God spoke very clearly back um, that that told her and guided her how to lead people to freedom. Right. She had very, very intense visions about the freedom journey and what she would be embarking on. Uh, we have examples of y'all know these people, Martin Luther King Jr., Obviously, we don't need to go into Martin Luther King Jr., but the civil rights movement, a lot of that planning and structure happened in religious spaces, happened in the church, right? It was led by a pastor, right? Even Malcolm X had a strong spiritual foundation um, in the nation, the nation of Islam. I'm saying all of these things. Do we see the common thread here? I mean, we're on a spirituality podcast, so you know where I'm going. And this is not an exhaustive list. There's so many, so many examples of the importance of faith, spirit, God, and spiritual gifts in our movement work, in our organizing for freedom work, in rebellion, in revolution 
clink, clink. Can we talk about the Haitian Revolution? We know this story of the sacrifice of the black pig and that the voodoo ceremony uh, in Bois Cayman was the catalyst to to the 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 beginnings of the Haitian Revolution. It began with a ceremony. It began with a mambo being possessed as Ursuli Dental, the 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 Loire, the spirit in Haitian voodoo. So like. There has always, always, always been a spiritual component or aspect that has guided our ancestors in 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 in, in, in waging war and saying this is not right in revolution, in resistance, in rebellion. And I've I've listed all of these black people who have who have resisted. Um, they come from different traditions, right? We got preachers, we got conjurers, we got we got uh, voodoo saints, we got we got a little bit of everything. We got Nation of Islam. Did I say Christian? Yeah, we have all of that. But the common thread is that there was some moments where people thought. I need to seek guidance from spirit. I need to seek guidance from someone who has a particular connection to spirit so that we know how the hell to, to move forward. And let me be clear. I'm not going to romanticize this. Some of those things that I named like Demar Vesey, Gullah Jack, Gullah Jack got beheaded. That shit didn't even get off the ground. Cause somebody snitched. Uh, Stone of Rebellion, the leaders of Stone of Rebellion, they they got executed. Right? But they still made it mark. The Haitian Revolution, yes, Haiti uh, freed themselves from the French. But we can still see that Haiti, Haiti, uh, is still, in, in many ways, not experiencing the liberation that they deserve at all. Because the French are on some fuck shit. And have been. Because they're pissed. Still. And is making Haiti pay for that loss. But the point is that. So I'm not saying this to say that. You know spirit work then makes it easier. Or makes it so that you win. Or makes it so that there's victory. But these are very very important examples. Of what it looks like to resist. Resistance is not always going to. Um. And then butterflies and rainbows and everybody's free and happy. The work of liberation work is going to be tiresome. It will probably, it is also gruesome. It also means blood being shed. But if the Haitian revolution didn't happen, a lot of uh, other slave sort of insurrections that happened in the States wouldn't have even happened. Like these even small pockets or big pockets of, of rebellion and rebel, revolution, we got to, our ancestors got to witness, oh, they did it over there. We can organize this too. So there is still a spirit moving regardless of, yep, they got caught and got beheaded. It's still created. There's this, there's this fire that, that jumps around to when you see other people turn up and fight back, you, you, you know that you have, you can, you can too. So whether it was our ancestors organizing to run away in praise houses or in the church or going to the conjurer to get a mojo bag so that we, would be, we wouldn't be seen as we're running 
or that dogs won't be able to sniff us out or medicine to cure our wounds because or knowing the medicine to cure our wounds because it's not like the doctors were gung-ho to help our ancestors do anything quiet as it's kept are the doctors always gung-ho to help us now but that's another episode there's always a spiritual component that seems to whether either inspire or lift us out of a difficult dif- uh, situation or just give us the courage to keep going. The church, regardless of how we feel about it, played a very imp- played child, I don't know about the church now, but played a very important role in black folks organizing. The church is where people met, they could eat, they could feel safe, they could plan, they could execute a plan. Why was it in the church? Why? It could have been in someone's home. It probably wasn't homes. It could have been at a center. There probably wasn't centers too, but there was always a, there's a spiritual component. And I don't think that is for not, for no reason. I've said this before, before fighting, you know, back in the day, revolution, rebellions, you, the priest was one of the first people that you called. Before the leader of the, the, insurgent i'm sorry the 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 revolution before the person who was cooking food you call somebody who was gonna pray who could see who could talk to spirit who could pray over protection over us who knew the roots who knew the herbs who knew how to make mojos who knew to tell us what to eat so that we would be safe who could create that for us? Who gave us the juju? Um, I was reading, I am reading Black Magic by Yvonne Chirot. I would, I definitely need to interview Professor Chirot because bomb, Black Magic is like my hoodoo faith book besides uh, Mojo working by Katrina Hazard Donald. But she talks about the power of juju and the power of, of conjuring hoodoo, whether you believe that it worked or not, or whether it does work or not. I think it works, but I'm not here to convince nobody if it works or not. Some people think that that's a whole bunch of, you know, mumbo jumbo, that's fine. But you cannot deny the power that it gave our answer and that it gives people to keep going, to know that they're worthy, to know that they're enough, to give them courage. You can't deny that. So whether it's the root itself or what the root makes me feel, there's some type of power in that. We don't have to, I don't want to argue if, if high John root does anything, but people feel safer and feel like they can accomplish a goal when they have it on them. That is meaningful. And our ancestors found a lot of meaning in that and were able to allow us to even be here as we are today because of that spirit work or because of that belief. It gave them an opportunity to challenge the status quo and challenging the status quo at that time was not a small thing. It could end and did often end in their death. So my hope is that we, again, decolonize, right? What we think about religion and its 
place and how it can have a place now in our movement work. And it doesn't have to be rooted in any particular religion necessarily. And it doesn't have to be, you know, that we're praying all the time or that we're not doing any kind of action, but that it's both and that there is space for it, that our movement work and that our, um, our organizing and our activism is not void of spirit being there. I'd argue it has to be there all the time or it may not move. Like I said in in, uh, last uh, episode where money interviewed me, you know, it ain't going to move without spirit. That was the title of it. So I'm, I'm just interested in ways that we can do that, but that it doesn't make it seem like we are being, you know, quote unquote, too churchy, which, you know, I don't think that's necessarily bad, but you know, or that we're too anything or that, oh, this is all about ancestors and healing and all we're doing is burning sage. No, it's not that. This is serious work. There needs to be a moment for that. It should be at the beginning. And then we can talk about, okay, we've got these advices. Now, how are we going to move? We got our protection. So what's next? Because that that's that's what we have examples of. So I hope that really that's at the crux of my work. I hope I, I, I constantly just remind us uh, and remind myself that like, yes, this this work is a liberation work. Spirit work is about freedom. It, it, it can't. My spirit work is about freedom. Shit, it ain't always. <laughs> But that there is a place for it in, you know, our Black Lives Matter or whatever, whatever you call this moment. Know that we are coming from a legacy of people who have done certain things for us to be here. And it, I'll bet your bottom motherfucking dollar is rooted in somebody's prayer, somebody's juju. This is a faith work. This is a faith work. If we believe that the way that the world is now, it could be better. If we envision that the world could be better. And we work towards the world being better, our communities being safer, even though we've never seen it. Isn't that faith? Is that not faith? We're rooting things in things that we've never seen. And believing that it's possible. That's faith. So how do we bring that and ground our work in faith? And I think a lot of times the destruction of some of these organizations, groups, people, whatever, is because there's a lack, maybe a lack of faith, but also just a lack of a moving spirit that we're all very clear Um on the message of that spirit. I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> um, so yeah, maybe maybe just continue to, to remember that as we do our work, as we build community with each other, as we um, fight, as we rest, as we organize, what is the spirit of this moment telling us? What is the spirit of your action telling you? 
How does it want us to be? What does it want us to do? Let's get clear on that. We can get clear on that. So, um, thank God for listening. (laughs) My mind is like, um, I feel like, Ooh, I feel like I'm like not even here. I'm trying to like come back. Okay, thank you for listening to a little Jimmy podcast. <laughs> Woo! Um, if you would like to reach out to me, hit me up on my website. It's jujubay, itsjjbae.com. Also on social media at itsjjbae on Instagram, on Twitter. And I'm also at a little juju podcast spelled out just like the show on IG as well. Hit me up for media inquiries. I'm doing consulting now, I guess. I just consulted somebody um, and it was real consulty. Like, no, I'm not doing readings. Please don't reach out to me about readings. But if you want to consult, if you're writing, people have been consulting me for their books. People have been consulting me for their films. So uh, hit me up. I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. Thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for following. Thank y'all for just just the love and support it really gets me through i'm so grateful i'm so fucking grateful uh, i'm so so grateful i'm practicing my gratitude i'm practicing being happy i'm practicing leaning in um and i'm just leaning into this moment leaning into this 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 podcast i'm just just thank you thank you thank you to my spirits and and thank you to to y'all and thank you to me damn it thank me thank go ahead thank yourselves too thank yourself I uh, love it. I appreciate y'all. And I'll see you next in the next couple of weeks. And remember, all you need is a little juju. Later. Rest in power, Nikita. And rest in power, Mistress Fee.